You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, good evening. Good evening again and welcome. Um, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Josh. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here on staff and... um, yeah, so excited to share with you this evening. This is going to be less like a preach and more like a conversation and um, a few thoughts and ramblings. And uh, yeah, we, we're in a sermon series called This Is A Move. Have you been enjoying our sermon series? One of you have, thank you. Um, but essentially in the sermon series, we're exploring what it means, what it looks like to say yes to the things of God and step more fully into his purposes, into his call, his invitation for every single one of us to change the world, to bring light and hope to our city, to partner with God in bringing his kingdom here on earth. And um, as we've stepped in, as we've been open to whatever the Lord, the Holy Spirit wants to do, we've seen God do some remarkable things. I want to tell a couple of stories from just this week. If you're here this morning, you will have heard them. Um, But I want to tell you the story of Catherine. Now, she shared it herself this morning and just... uh, a miracle, absolutely remarkable. Last week, we kind of lent into healing. We explored what it, you know, what it means to be a people that practice healing. And does Jesus still want to heal today? You remember that from last week. And we saw Jesus do some healings. I want to give you one of them. Um, Catherine is an incredible lady in our church. And uh, five weeks ago, she broke her kneecap playing netball. It was the first time she played netball since her, uh, she had a baby, and it was two minutes into playing netball. So she breaks a kneecap, absolute nightmare, and um, gets you know, a cast put on. And last Tuesday, she goes to a fracture clinic to get a bit of an update, and they say, basically, you've got a 30-degree bend. I'm reading the story because I want to get it right. They tell her she's got a 30-degree bend in her knee. She's in a lot of pain. And she is going to be in a brace for another month and then physio beyond that. So this was last Tuesday. She's broken a kneecap, 30-degree bend, brace for another month. And um, last Sunday, we go and pray. And, and we just put an out invitation for anyone that needs healing. And she kind of stands up and a few people gather around and pray for healing over her knee in the name of Jesus. And on Friday, she texts me and she says, I've just been to the fracture clinic. And astonishingly, they do an x-ray. They check for pain. They kind of take everything off and give her a bit of mobility. And all of a sudden, they say, there's something remarkable happened here. You are completely healed. Isn't that incredible? completely discharged and apparently they were pretty confounded with how on earth that's happened. Isn't that awesome that God is on the move and God still does stuff today and I believe that as we are open to the more of God, he will keep doing more. He will keep doing remarkable things and actually he wants to use every single one of you. Another amazing story, we have a a, a ministry in our church called The Table, which is a soup kitchen, but it's more like a three-course meal for the vulnerable and the marginalized and those living on the streets in the city. And just this Monday, we had two guys give their lives to Jesus at the table. Isn't that incredible? That's why we do it. 
We do it to love and we do it to serve. And so I want to I share a message today based in the Old Testament, kind of keeping on going with this, um, this topic of what does it mean to step into a move of God. And I had a whole nother talk prepared on Thursday morning. And I felt like the Holy Spirit say, I want you to change your talk. And I'm stressed because when he does that, it means I have to frantically <laughs> think of something else. And um, I want to preach on a guy in the Old Testament called Moses. And um, it's, in a, it's in a book of the Bible called Exodus. And fascinatingly, Ben, the psalm Ben read today, reference that. So I'm feeling like we're in the right place, which is exciting to me. Um, but if you've got a Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 3. Now, if you're unfamiliar with church uh, and Bible, the book of Exodus, the story of Exodus is one of the most remarkable moves of God in history. I won't kind of tell you the whole story now, but there are plagues, there are slaves, there are rivers that divide in half. It is crazy. You should go read the Bible. It is absolutely stunning. And at the center of this move of God is a guy called Moses. Now, Moses is used by God in remarkable ways. And I want to ask the story. I've got six lessons from a move. Lessons from this move of God that I believe will help us step further into God's story, the story that God is writing in your lives and in our city over the next few days and weeks and months. What does it look like to step into a move of God? We're going to read six verses and I've got six thoughts and then we're going to pray for one another. Let's jump in. It says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames from within a bush. Moses saw that through the, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Three words that if you say will change your entire life. Here I am. Verse 5, God says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. This encounter that Moses had with God preceded the move of God that Moses was about to step into. There's so much packed into these verses, which I believe give us a key to stepping into the more of God. And I'm going to share a few simple lessons. First lesson that I learned as I was studying this is this God meets us in our normal lives. Where did this encounter happen? It happened. We can have the passage back up. We're just going to be working through it. It's a bit like a Bible study tonight. Where, where are they? Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. This encounter comes in an ordinary moment. Moses is looking after sheep. He's doing his day job. He's in obscurity. He's in normality. He's simply doing the next thing that is in front of him. And God meets him in the middle of his normal, everyday life. Do you know that Moses was in Midian tending sheep for 40 years before God appeared to him? 
in this burning bush encounter. I wonder how Moses felt for those 40 years. God, where, where are you? He had a long history with God. Is he frustrated? Does he long for more? I wonder how Moses was feeling for those 40 years. You see, many of us want to change the world and we want to escape from our today to get to tomorrow. But actually, I think God wants to teach us that today is preparation for tomorrow. If we want to step into the future that God has for us as a community and press into the more of God tomorrow, we've got to recognize that God is doing something in us today. And God is looking and searching for people who will faithfully do the next thing, what is in front of them, no matter how unglamorous or unseen or unspectacular it might be. Some of you here are at university and you're like, I want to do this with my life. I want to change the world. I want to be used by God in all these different things. And I wonder if God is just saying, hey, what would it look like if you were just faithful with what's in front of you today? Not despising the day of small beginnings, but being faithful with the next thing. Notice this, Moses led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. He led the sheep to the mountain of God. And then what did God call him to do eventually? Lead the people of God out of slavery. God uses your experiences. He uses who you are. And he multiplies that. Moses was faithful in leading animals. God says, I'm going to call you now to lead my people. In Moses' obscurity and irrelevance, God actually was teaching him something. And I have personally had many experiences of this, and I'll share one. Many years ago, I worked at a restaurant called Piola. Anyone in whole remember Piola? It's now called Level. Okay, just a couple of you. Um, I love Piola. It was delicious. And uh, it's the same owners of Level now, Newland Ave. Anyway, I was working there, and my first experience, uh, I worked there twice. The first time I was working there, I was, I was just, I didn't enjoy it. I was really struggling. I had some very difficult bosses, put a lot of pressure on me. I felt like I didn't really want to do that. I was working for the church at the time. I wanted to put all my energy and effort into there, but I felt like I needed to kind of continue working there. And um, actually, people weren't that nice to me. It was hard, and I was up against it. And I remember one day, um, I just didn't go back to work. And my uh, boss never called me back. Clearly, he didn't really like me a whole lot. Um, and John and I used to still go into Piola's. And I remember talking to John about this and saying, oh, I'm so glad I don't work here anymore. And John, you know, would, in this really pastoral way, basically looked at me and said, Josh, you failed the test. <laughs> I remember it was a pretty pivotal moment. You failed the test. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, well, God put you here for a reason. And things got hard. You got challenged and you just bailed. What if God was doing something in you, I'm paraphrasing, something along the lines of what if God was doing something in you in this season that was going to prepare you for what's to come and you've missed out on it because you've quit? And at that moment, the big boss comes over and he goes, hey, Josh, welcome back. I said, hey, yeah, how are you doing? He goes, do you still work here? I'm like, no, I don't work here. And he said, well, you should. And I go, okay. And it was like one of those God moments. I'm like, cheers, John. And uh, cheers, um, Paolo. Um, 
He was, he was a good boss. Anyway, and then I started work, and then my second stint working from there was a completely different ball game. I actually began to saw there being purpose in my placement there, and I was open to what God was doing. I was praying for my co-workers behind the bar. Um, it was, yeah, awkward, but it was incredible, and God released me. I learned some really valuable lessons that in our difficult seasons, in our seasons of obscurity, we are the project. What you are doing today, God is going to use for your tomorrow. Keep pressing in. Moses was just living in obscurity, faithfully doing what's in front of him. And God saw his faithfulness and called him into a move of God. Second reflection, second lesson from a move is this. If God can use Moses, he can use you. God can use Moses, he can use you. If you miss the backstory, Moses is in Midian because he fled, from his, fled for his life from Egypt. He was raised in the palace. He was raised in royalty. He had everything he could possibly have wanted. And he fled because he killed a guy. Moses got angry one day and he murdered someone. Moses was a murderer and he flees Egypt into obscurity. That's his story he has anger issues. He's a murderer. He had everything that you could want, and yet he lost it all. It, you know, he got married in Midian, but he's pretty much at rock bottom. He's down and out. He's a failure. He's lost everything. And guys, God still chose him. God still wants to use him. And you need to know and hear this evening, church, no matter what your story so far, God wants to rewrite that story and bring hope and life and use your life for something remarkable. Moses was a murderer. He had abandoned his home and run away from his people. He was a failure and yet God called him, met with him, restored him and healed him. I love that Moses was so imperfect. I love that he did that. Have you ever felt like you've messed up in life? Good, not just me then. Have you ever felt like, man, God couldn't want to use me because of my past? If only you knew my stuff. I felt like that a lot. You need to hear that no matter what your previous story, God wants to meet you now and begin to rewrite your story into one of freedom, not just for yourself, but for other people. My third lesson from a move of God is this. Stepping into God's story starts with encounter. This encounter that Moses had with God in a burning bush changed everything for him. It wasn't learning something new about God. It wasn't a new belief in God. It was an encounter, a meeting with the living God. It was a tangible, experienced reality that Moses stepped into which changed everything. For many years, I was taught that there was a God that I could know about that I could pray to, but that God that I believed in was often quite distant. He often felt far away. I knew he loved me, but almost from a distance at arm's length, he wasn't up close and personal. But the reality is, guys, that God longs to encounter you tangibly. He longs to show up in our lives in the midst of our brokenness and pain and grief and hope and joy and hurt. And weakness. He longs to show up in the midst of that, meet us, encounter us, transform us, and we leave forever changed. God wants to encounter you just like he encountered Moses because an encounter with God changes everything. 
one man's encounter with God preceded one of the greatest moves of God in human history. Moses' encounter with God preceded God giving him his assignment. Many of us want to do great things for God without first being in a place of meeting with God or being with God. But encounter always precedes assignment. If you want to change the world for God, then we need to start by encountering him and his presence. Moses went from a murderer to a man of God, from a failure to a hero of the faith because of an encounter with God. And let me say, this is my story. Most of my life is ordinary, basic, unseen life with God in the kingdom, trying to do the next thing, failing a lot, unspectacular, unremarkable. But there have been moments where I've met with God and it's changed everything. Remember the first time I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit, I was 14 years old at a festival, and I've shared the story a couple of weeks ago, but that rocked my world. I can still remember it, still remember what it felt like to know that I was loved for the very first time by a God who was close and nearby. I remember experiencing his power in my body. It was just the weirdest thing and the most amazing thing and changed everything. I remember as a first-year student having a God dream I'm not sure I've ever had more than one of these in my entire life. But I remember waking up in my dorm, living a pretty hedonistic life up to that point. And I remember thinking, I need to change everything. Completely rewrote my story. And time and time again, as I've positioned myself for encounter, God has met me and changes everything. If we can have the scripture back up, let me, let me, verse two. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. My fourth lesson reflection is this. Encounter is two-way. What's happening here? Moses sees that a bush is on fire. That's not out of the ordinary. What is out of the ordinary is that it doesn't burn up. That is extraordinary. So Moses makes a choice in that moment to go and explore. In other words, he is awake to a moment of encounter. He is awake to noticing something, noticing God getting his attention. It is a whisper of God and Moses responds. See, I actually believe God is trying to get our attention all the time. Often we don't see it or hear it. Many, most of the time we're not listening out for it. But God initiates this encounter. But the encounter's two-way. Moses goes to explore. Look at what it says in verse 4. Next, next slide. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. I'd never noticed that. Never noticed that before. God sets a bush on fire. Moses could have walked on by and he wouldn't have been in the Bible. But Moses sees and he steps into that encounter and God is watching and waiting for Moses to respond to that invitation. And then as Moses responds, God then speaks. Encounter is two-way. God is trying to get your attention. And I love this about God. He doesn't force things on us. He's not like Jack Bauer and James. Does anyone know who Jack Bauer is? I use that line all the time. Some of us, he's from a TV show called 24. It was years ago, and it was incredible. Everyone knows who James Bond is. God's not like James Bond. He doesn't kick down the door of your life. He doesn't force his way in. He, he kind of, he's covert. He, he kind of whispers and then waits. He gives hints of heaven and moments of the miraculous, and then we can respond. It's what we do in ministry time. 
God gives whispers and then you respond by coming forward and then that's almost like a God, I'm here, I see the burning bush and I want whatever is going on over there. And then when God sees that, we step in. And we're going to pray a little bit later and I'd encourage you, as God prompts you or rests upon you or you sense a peace or a presence, lean in. Encounter is two-way. And I believe if you want to step into the more of God, we've got to pay careful attention for, to what God is doing and saying in our life and step into that and, to, and respond to that. How often do we miss moments of the miraculous and hints of heaven in our days? And in Encounter with the Lord, um, in just a funny way, which illustrated this a few years back, I remember walking down the street and praying, and I'm like, God, I want to hear your voice more. I want to see what you're doing more in my life. I, want, I just long to have more. I want to have a personal relationship with you. I want to hear the hints of heaven. Would you speak? I feel like I don't hear you that often. And um, I was walking down the road. I remember praying this. And the Holy Spirit just I felt him speak to my heart and say, look left. And I looked left. And there was a wall. And spray painted on the wall was Josh. And it was like one of those just weird moments that some people say, coincidence, you're looking for it. But you know what? It was like, ah, uh, God is always speaking. The wind is always blowing. We need to become aware to it. Fifth, and then I'm coming into land. This is a short one. One of the most important lessons that I've learned in my entire life is that availability is key. When the Lord, in verse 4, saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, how did Moses respond? Here I am. If it was me, I would have run the other way and stayed silent. But, but God speaks and Moses responds. Moses is a man who, if you go on to hear his story, he gives a million excuses why he's not up to the job. But God says, I want to use you. These three words will change everything. Here is what God looks for, availability. He doesn't really look for ability. He doesn't really look for gifting a whole lot. He doesn't look for how good you are at doing this or that. What he looks for is your heart that just says, Lord, I'm here. I'm open. I'm willing to do it. It's honestly one of the biggest lessons I think I've ever learned from the, when I started working here at the church. I said to myself, I'm just going to say yes to whatever John tells me to do. Thankfully, it's always been above board. <laughs> wow, that was a weird thing to say. That's not in my notes. Um, I'm just going to say yes to whatever God calls me to do. The next thing, no matter how scared I am, no matter how terrified I feel, it's irrelevant. Saying yes and stepping into the next thing is, is what it's all about. God will use you if you are available. So what this looks like is tomorrow. When you're in university halls or when you're in work or when you're walking about your street, I believe God is going to want to whisper things to you. Maybe give you a, a sense of something to, to pray for someone with. Maybe it's just a, an encouragement. Maybe you just need to say to someone, hey, you look awesome today. I just want you to know that. But I believe as we start to listen more to the voice of God and step into that in our, in our community, There'll be like lights shining all over the place. Availability is key. And sixthly and finally, um, preparation precedes power. The first thing God says to Moses after he calls his name, let's read it in verse five or six. He says this, don't come closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. 
Pete Hughes, who's a pastor in, um, in London, he said there are two things completely necessary for revival in our time. Prayer and holiness. Moses was aware and awakened in that moment to who God was, to his holiness, to his majesty, to his glory, and he took off his shoes. It was a symbol of his heart, of his surrender, of his, of his humility, of his submission to the Lord. God says, prepare your feet, prepare your heart, Moses, take off your sandals. It was an invitation to consecration. Consecration, which is this preparation of our heart, getting rid of anything in our life that shouldn't be there, as saying, yes, once again, God, I'm here, I am all in, I'm all for you. That always precedes a move of God. It says in the book of Joshua, God says to Joshua, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. I'm going to do amazing things among you. God, I believe, is looking for a people of consecration. Looking for a people who said, you know what? I, I want nothing to do with what the world has to offer. God, I need you. I'm, taking, I'm living my life with bare feet, living aware of his holiness in his presence, living in the fear of the Lord, living in holiness and we want this house to be a house of awe and wonder and, and holiness as we worship. We know we come before a God who is bigger than us. He sets the standard. We don't. I think God is calling us once again to consecration, to an awareness of who he is, to an awareness of his presence. And as we say yes to that, as we respond to that, as we step into that, I believe God is going to move in greater measure than ever before. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And to stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.